Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I missed you yesterday. I want to thank Brian Mudd for filling in. You know, uh, one of the fabulous things about you and my audience is I can discuss any topic with you. And despite the slings and arrows that I take in various media, because I want to discuss various topics with you that are supposed to be unthinkable, untouchable. It's very important that you're out there and you're patriots and that you're also thinking people. This audience is the smartest audience in all of audiences, and I've said that many, many times. Now, I want to talk to you as an American. I want to talk to you as an American. The rise of Jew hatred and anti-Semitism going on in this country is frightening. You know, uh, we talk about immigration a lot. You see what's happened to Europe with open borders. You have what they call no-go zones. No-go zones, like in the suburbs of Paris, where Jews must not go if they expect to live, and Christians too. You have no-go zone areas in Britain. You have no-go zone areas throughout the Middle East. And it appears we're developing no-go zones here in the United States of America. I first want to say this. When you have individuals like Talib and Omar and AOC, 
And you have individuals like Sanders and others who are flat-out bigots and anti-Semites, constantly stirring the pot, constantly pointing the finger at Jews in Israel. They're inciting anti-Semitism. When you have Democratic leaders, including Joe Biden, including Chuck Schumer, you might say, some of these folks are Jewish, Mark. Trust me, I'm well aware of this. And Nancy Pelosi, who are utterly silent. And in the case of Joe Biden, who is lauding Talib, celebrating Talib, despite her poisonous comments over and over and over again, we have a huge problem. This issue of anti-Semitism is bigger than Jews. It destroys a country. And it's not a coincidence when you have a rise of fascism, as in the case of Hitler, a rise of Marxism, as in the case of the Soviet Union. You have a rise of Jew hatred and anti-Semitism. But all of us, all of you are affected by this. You'll notice the freer we are, the more we, we uh, believe in a strong republic and a constitutional system. We don't hear a lot of this. But we hear it endlessly today. Black Lives Matter is a racist, Marxist, anarchist organization that is embraced by ESPN, that is embraced by professional sports, that is embraced by mayors all over this country, governors, and the Democrat Party. It is an anti-Semitic organization. It is America-hating, Marxist, anarchist organization. They don't hide this. Part of the BDS, but they don't even hide it. Critical race theory is a racist theory. The people who promote critical race theory believe in much of what Farrakhan believes in, quite frankly. It's Farrakhan and his poison dressed up as a legitimate doctrine. This is being taught to your children. This is being promoted at Disney World. This is being, this is being pushed through corporate America, including our media. The idea that the majority of the people in this country believe in white supremacy is so outrageous. If the majority of people believed in white supremacy, it would be white supremacist movements with millions and millions of supporters burning down cities. But that's not the case. These groups are detested by everybody. The Klan, the neo-Nazis, and yet Black Lives Matter isn't. Antifa isn't. Farrakhan isn't. We heard about Islamophobia after 9-11. There was going to be the rise of Islamophobia. There's never been the rise of Islamophobia. The Democrats try and manufacture this. There hasn't been Islamophobia. I don't care what the group CARE says with its ties to Hamas or the other front groups. Now the fact of the matter is the more we have open borders the more anybody can come in here 
And the less we have assimilation into the American culture and the Americans' belief in a colorblind society, live and let leave, live, the more open our borders and the less we assimilate into our culture, this is what we're getting. Virulent anti-Semitism and, and other things too. But honestly, folks, if I don't discuss this, nobody's going to discuss this. And really, this has a universal impact. It's not just about Jews, so please stick with me. Tonight is Shabbat. That's the Jewish Sabbath. It's not this minute, but it'll be coming soon. So many of the more more religious Jews won't even hear what I'm saying. Because I'm talking to all of America. This isn't aimed at Jews. It's aimed at everybody. It's a discussion. Israel defends itself. Israel didn't fire the missiles. 4,000 missiles fired at its cities. The missiles provided by Iran. And Palestinian groups in our country attack Jews in our country. I repeat, Palestinian groups in our country attack Jews in our country. I've got article after article, evidence after evidence. And the President of the United States says nothing. The Vice President of the United States, who's married to a Jew, she says nothing. The Democrat leader of the Senate, who's a Jew from New York, he says nothing. Not a word. Nothing. We heard about Islamophobia over and over again. We hear nothing about this. Fox News reports on it. Wow, look at that. Fox News reports on it. A report just came out from the FBI just a few weeks ago about hate crimes in America in 2020. 57% of all hate crimes in America were against Jews. And it keeps rising. Where is this coming from? Is it coming from the Klan? No. Is it coming from the neo-Nazis? No. Where is it coming from? Coming from evangelical Christians? No, not in the least, of course. They support the state of Israel. Where's it coming from? It's coming from Palestinians and Muslim communities. It's also coming from African American communities, shockingly enough. And I'm now the first major broadcaster to allow those words to pass my lips. Because it's true. This FBI report came out. It's as if nothing came out. Actually, I understated that. That was the year before. 60.2% of the victims of hate crimes were Jews. Six out of ten. And yet the Jewish population in this country is minuscule. It's minuscule. 
What's the Democrat Party going to do about its its anti-Semite wing, its Marxist wing? Nothing. That wing has more influence of the Democrat Party than any other element in the Democrat Party. So much so that Joe Biden has not condemned any of this. None of it. Who's the chairperson of the Democrat National Committee? I don't even know. What have they said? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What have they said on CNN and MSNBC? Nothing. What have they said on NBC and ABC and CBS? Nothing. What did they say on the front page of the New York Times? Nothing. What did they say on the front page of the Washington Post? Nothing. Here I am, Mr. Conservative. And I say that as Americans, this is shocking what's happening to our country. Open borders, lack of assimilation into our own culture, it's even worse. The vicious attack on our culture by radical minority groups, minority, I don't mean by race, I mean by ideology. It's shocking. The indoctrination and brainwashing that's occurring now in our colleges and universities, it's a given. Just the way it is. Keep your mouth shut. And now our public schools. You look at past societies, folks. I don't care if it's the Babylonians, the Palestinians today, the Third Reich, Marxists all over the world. Often they come for the Jews first. And then they get around to you. We have tolerated this radical element in our country, these Marxists, burning down our cities, undermining law enforcement, perhaps permanently, threatening people, bullying people. Brainwashing our children, destroying our history. We're turning into the cultures that these people supposedly escaped, or their parents or their grandparents did. Now, I don't care if I'm attacked by the New York Times or the Washington Post, these have been longtime anti Semitic publications. And I will defend myself, both over this microphone and legally. But I care about my country. You don't hear this discussed much on ESPN. Do you? You don't hear this discussed much by LeBron James and basketball coaches. You don't hear this discussed much by sports owners, do you? How about major American corporations? Do they discuss this? No. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it's now accepted. A high level of anti-Semitism in this country is now accepted. 
It's accepted by the Democrat Party and promoted by the Democrat Party. It is accepted by the major media organs of this country and promoted by the major media organs in this country. It's accepted. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things along with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Seventy-six years ago was when the Holocaust ended. Seventy-six years ago, and that's all. And you and I know damn well that the shoe were on the other foot. And Hamas and the Palestinian Authority had the military capabilities that Israel has. That the Jews would be wiped out in Israel. You and I also know, as a matter of fact, that Talib, Omar, and AOC wouldn't give a damn. Talib used to talk about from the river to the sea. From the river to the sea means the elimination of Israel and the Israeli people. This is a person who Biden embraces. They talk about her grandmother. Did somebody shoot a missile at her grandmother's property? No, not in the least. Her grandmother and her family do very well. We have members of Congress now who actually represent Hamas, effectively. And I talked about the Hamas wing of the Democrat Party. Apparently some Republicans in the House have picked up on that. But that's exactly what we have. The problem is it's not so much a wing anymore. It's at least, in terms of Congress, a third of the Democrat Party. And a sympathetic ear by somebody who embraces Talib in the Oval Office. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. 
We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin. The Thunder on the Right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Senator Tom Cotton, how are you, my friend? Hey, good, Mark. It's good to be back on with you. It's a great pleasure. A couple of things I wanted to raise with you tonight, Senator. Bernie Sanders, whenever war breaks out in the Middle East and Israel is attacked and they defend themselves gets up on the Senate floor and on television, and he wants to disarm the Israelis. Now, there was a a package of weapons that they'd already purchased that was going to be sent to them, as I understand it. Uh, Then this uh, Hamas-instigated war broke out, and then he goes to the floor and he introduces a resolution to block the weapons sales. Is that correct? That is right, Mark. In a shooting war between Israel and Hamas, uh, a terrorist organization, Bernie Sanders wanted to turn his back on Israel. And you told him what? I said, let's vote right now. And why won't they? (laughs) Well, Mark, I think it's obvious that the Democrats are now scared of their radical left. The Sanders uh, and the Ocasio-Cortezes and the Tlaibs and the rest who are a minority, even among Democrats, but also very vocal. Uh, and they're all scared of their own shadow. Even even Democrats who style themselves as great defenders of Israel, like Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and Bob Menendez, kind of uh, turned tail and ran this week in the face of this very vocal anti-Israel and, frankly, somewhat anti-Semitic uh, minority of the Democratic Party. And, Senator, the House Democrats voted overwhelmingly this week against applying sanctions on Hamas. Yeah, you really can't make it up. Again, they engage in deep moral equivalence, acting as as if the belligerents in this conflict um, are of equal merit. Um, One is a U.S.-designated terrorist organization that has no regard for civilian life, and the other is a Democratic people who is one of our closest allies in the world. You are a senator from Arkansas. Last time I checked, you're not Jewish, Senator. Uh, Chuck Schumer's a senator from New York. Last time I checked, he is Jewish. As you know, I'm Jewish. You have defended the state of Israel more openly than Chuck Schumer. (laughs) What do you think accounts for that? Well, the other thing that's happening in New York, Mark, is that Schumer faces a potential primary challenge next year, maybe from none other than Miss Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he uh, finds himself uh, in a difficult position because, again, this, bear, this minority, even among the Democratic Party, but this very vocal, very energized minority, um, would have been in high moral dudgeon if Chuck Schumer had dared side with the people of Israel uh, as against an organized terrorist group. Um, so I think that's one reason why Chuck Schumer was unusually muted uh, for this uh, conflict over the last few weeks. I'm usually muted. That's a very good phrase for him. Uh, Senator, let me ask you this. Joe Biden has opened back channels to Iran, trying to get back into this nuclear deal and even expand it. He immediately starts sending tens of millions of dollars to the Palestinians. 
He rejoins UNRWA. He rejoins the uh, so-called Human Rights Council at the UN. He sends all these signals to Hamas and to the Palestinian Authority. We have a Democrat party that is at least divided on the issue of Israel, and even those who claim to support it are awfully quiet in their support. Don't you think this helps instigate or provoke what took place? Yeah, I don't think there can be much question that Joe Biden's weakness uh, and his appeasement of Iran in particular um, helped uh, embolden Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. I mean, look, almost every one of those rockets and missiles coming out of Gaza might as well be stamped made in Iran. But did you hear Joe Biden or Tony Blinken or any other administration official over the last two weeks even mention the name Iran? Of course not, Mark, because they're sitting in Vienna right now trying to uh, – get back into the nuclear deal, pleading, almost begging the Ayatollahs to let them back in. In fact, they're basically trying to surrender to the Ayatollahs, but the Ayatollahs are not yet ready to accept the terms of their surrender. Um, And now when you add on top of it as well, the kind of deep divisions you saw in Congress from the Democratic Party, it will further embolden our adversaries and uh, Israel's adversaries in the Middle East. Uh, We saw very clearly over the previous four years the simplest way to have peace in the Middle East, to have stability and security, is for the United States to stand shoulder to shoulder with the people of Israel. There was no conflict in those four years. And on the contrary, you had a great rapprochement uh, between Arab nations and Israel through the Abraham Accords. In the first four months of Joe Biden's administration, though, you have the most serious conflict since 2014 uh, between Israel and terrorist organizations on its border. I, I, you know, we know it works and doesn't work, right? So why, why do the Democrats and the hard left, why do they always go to what doesn't work? Well, I think in the Middle East, they're still committed, as President Obama was, uh, to some kind of uh, agreement with Iran to basically divide the Middle East into spheres of influence. They want Iran not only to give up its nuclear weapons, but also to basically uh, become a regional balancing power in places like Syria and Yemen and the Gaza Strip. That is obviously a naive, foolish, dangerous view. Iran has been chanting death to America and death to Israel for 42 years. They're not all of a sudden going to pull in their horns just because President Obama first and now President uh, Biden bribed them with a few billion dollars and promised to play nice with them in the Middle East. I want to move to uh, the uh, coronavirus. I want to move to Wuhan, the lab there. Senator, you were, I think you were the first. Certainly the first senator to say, you know, this may have come out of that lab. We need to look into this. And you took more crap for making that comment, as I recall, because you dared to ask the question and say, let's look into this. You remember that? I bet you do. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, so, you know, I was uh, I was the first to sound the alarm on the coronavirus. Some of the other people in Washington were obsessed with the impeachment trial of President Trump. I guess I have to say now the first impeachment trial. Um And um, I was trying to point out that things were happening in Wuhan and and, and more broadly in central China that were very alarming. Um, You know, I urged President Trump uh, in mid-January to take down flights from China. He did so, thankfully, in late January. But pretty shortly after that, I began to point out, look, you don't need a lot of scientific evidence to have a little bit of common sense in this world. And common sense would say it sure is a curious coincidence that this new coronavirus originated in downtown Wuhan, a city larger than New York City, and just happens to have a large laboratory where Chinese scientists experiment with coronaviruses. What a shocking coincidence that could be. 
And then when you start looking at the evidence, Mark, um, it, it may all be circumstantial evidence because the Chinese won't reveal any direct evidence at all. But all of the circumstantial evidence points directly to the, a leak from those labs, not to that food market, which was always a preposterous cover-up from the Chinese Communist Party. It, so it may have taken more than a year uh, for a lot of scientists uh, to come around to my point of view and therefore for the blue media to acknowledge that that's what common sense suggests and what all the evidence uh, suggests as well. But I hope we get to the bottom of it uh, in the days ahead. President of the United States, Biden, talks to Xi for an hour or so over the phone and never once brings it up. Don't you think that's unbelievable? Yeah, I mean, it just, again, forecasts weakness and hesitancy and indecision at a time when Xi Jinping is trying to size up Biden in this new role. Look, I mean, Xi Jinping knows Joe Biden very well. Um, they spent many hours together when Joe Biden was vice president. Something tells me that he is not exactly quaking in his boots at the prospect of a President Biden. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Ward, uh, he was a former uh, senior science writer at the New York Times. I don't know if you read his piece a few weeks back. It was really fantastic piece. I did, yeah, and uh, and I commend him uh, for writing that. You know, it's basically making all the points that I was making last February. There's been some new evidence, some new quotes on the record that come to light. Uh, there's no smoking gun. We may never have a smoking gun uh, because the smoking gun has been broken up and thrown to the bottom of the river by the Chinese Communist Party, to use an old organized crime metaphor. Um, but as he wrote in that long essay, um, all the evidence that we have, plus your common sense, all points to a lab a few miles down the road, not to bats that don't live within hundreds of miles of Wuhan. Yeah, and but the amazing thing is most of the media were utterly incurious about this, and not only incurious, would viciously attack, as you and others who would pick up on it, anybody who dared to raise it. Big Tech did exactly the same thing. They were, you know, giving the scarlet letter out. And that's pretty, that's pretty typical these days of the blue media and how they treat assertions, uh, no matter how well-grounded in fact and common sense, by anyone they don't like, whether it's me or Donald Trump or you or anyone else. But that doesn't change, uh, change matters when you have the facts and common sense on your hand, and most normal Americans can see that as well. I, I mean, I think you know, public opinion probably has shown for a long time that most Americans think this probably did come from those labs. It didn't come from some bats in a food market. You're laughing because it's so idiotic. Uh, how old are your kids? Well, you hear them running around the back. But that's good. Six, how old are they? They are, they are six and four. and hope, They should be getting ready for bed, but they're not quite yet. They got a lot of energy, huh? <laughs> Always. Yeah, been there, done that. Grandfather, it's, it's a little easier. Tom yeah, Cotton. probably rile them up and send them home to their parents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to thank you uh, for taking time off uh, from your family to help us out, work through a few of these issues, and take care. God bless. Thank you, Mark. All right, you too. Isn't he terrific? He is terrific. He's also a patriot, that's for sure. And he doesn't just talk the game. He went to war. I would say this, too, as a side point to Chris Cuomo on CNN. Mark, this is out of left field. Yeah, but it's in my mind as it moves along. And I would say to the phony prosecutors in New York, Chris Cuomo is not an official lawyer representing his brother. There is no attorney-client privilege. There is no attorney work product. There is no confidentiality. The three areas 
for various reasons of protection for an attorney. So we'll see how serious Letitia, I believe that's, what's her name, the Attorney General of uh, New York? Letitia James really is. And how serious the Democrats in the Assembly in Albany, New York really are on impeachment. And how serious any of these people are. Because what they ought to do is subpoena everything that Chris Cuomo has and sit him down. And if there's a grand jury, put him in front of that grand jury. He's a lawyer. I believe his idiot brother's a lawyer. Two stupid lawyers. I'll be right back. in. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. It's amazing the conservatives, or the real conservatives, the conservative sites, are the ones who are speaking out against anti-Semitism. You're not seeing this in most Democrat Party surrogates. You're not seeing it in most Democrat Party members. You're not seeing it by most of the media. You're not seeing it, I'm being honest with you, by the liberal Jews in the Democrat Party, by the liberal Jews in the media, by the liberal Jews in Hollywood. You know, I'm a conservative Jew. That represents about 20%, maybe tops 25% of the Jewish population in the United States. It's not as bad as being a conservative African-American, but it's close. In terms of the nonsense you have to put up with. But we have this site called Breitbart. That used to be attacked as some kind of a white supremacist operation. You have much to hate and detest about the left, ladies and gentlemen, including how they lie. And they had five points they wanted you to know, so I'm going to read them. Number one, Gaza has spent millions on terror rockets but has no money for vaccines or education. None. What else? Number two, as I scroll down, everyone talks about the disproportionate numbers of dead. Everyone forgets to mention the small fact that most of them are terrorists. Two-thirds of those who've been killed are terrorists. Others who've been killed in part have been killed in part by the 460 rockets that Hamas fired but misfired and landed in their own territory. And the human shields that they use. But that's not explained by, what is the idiot's name with Fox, Mr. Producer? Yinkst. Trey Yinkst, who's reporting from Gaza and did an interview with a Hamas leader. Amazing. 
Three, Israel warns Gaza civilians ahead of strikes to get out. Do you know of any other military on the face of the earth that does that? Number four, writes Breitbart, progressive Democrats have no idea what they're talking about. Number five, I won't even get into the rest. There you have it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the education that's occurring in this country, the corporate media in this country, the corporations, and by that I include the sports leagues in this country, we need to push back. We need to push back. They're undermining the unity in this country. They're undermining what used to be our strength, the diversity in this country. The rule of law. They're undermining our civil society. And this is the danger of Marxism. Marxism in the hands of Black Lives Matter. Marxism in the hands of Palestinian terrorists. Marxism in the hands of a secular Jew like Bernie Sanders, but Marxism, period. American Marxism. Marxism that's been Americanized and is devouring our country. Especially corporate boardrooms, especially in broadcasting, where people are afraid to speak. I'm quite serious when I tell you, tonight is Friday evening here, then we have Saturday and Sunday. Obviously, I'm not on the radio Saturday and Sunday. I am strongly encouraging you now to please, please, pre-order your copies of American Marxism. I want this to be the biggest classroom in American history as soon as that book is released. I want this to be the biggest movement of these various movements that we've had as patriotic Americans in in modern times. You and me together, we can do this. Because if we can't, it's over. But we're not going to allow that, are we? We don't believe in violence. They do. But we believe in ideas, and we believe in strategies and tactics. And I keep saying to myself, when are we going to have a leader who's going to stand up and do these sorts of things? Well, I'm not that leader. But there are things that you and I can talk about and we can lead together. We can lead together. We can lead our communities together. We can lead, and we must. Don't look over your shoulder. There's no leaders behind you. And we will do this. If you're going to get a copy of American Marxism, I want to encourage you to go ahead and pre-order it now. Tonight, Saturday, Sunday. Encourage your family, friends. Get them copies if you like. It's heavily discounted, almost 40%. If they discount it more, you'll get the deeper discount when the book comes out. When the book comes out, I'm hoping it's in 100,000 homes. And then, then, then we'll be ready. God bless you. We'll be right back. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The president who spoke out against anti-Semitism was Donald Trump. The president who took steps to protect Jewish students on college campuses who are being harassed by students coming into the country from overseas was Donald Trump. The president who supported Israel against Hamas and the Palestinian Authority terrorists was Donald Trump. You notice, even when our embassy was moved to Jerusalem, and the, I have to call it now, the pro-Hamas Democrat Party and the pro-Hamas media and the pro-Hamas professor, professors said, well, that's going to cause a riot. didn't cause a riot. Do you want to know why? They feared Donald Trump. And yet look at Joe Biden. Look at what he's done to the southern border. To all these people who are trying to get into this country. The grave harm that he's done to them. Joe Biden, the Democrat Party. Democrat Party's always had issues when it's come to race. Today, the Democrat Party is pro-Hamas and racist. When you embrace Black Lives Matter, folks, it's time. It's time to come out of the closet. It's time to speak boldly. It's time to be brave. It's time to push back. That's the whole point of American Marxism. So let me give you just a tiny, tiny, tiny additional taste. They are the racists. You and I don't speak race. You and I don't look at things based on race. They are the racists. They seek segregation. I know this is true because we have people on TV and radio repeating what I've been saying. It's true. They're the ones siding with Hamas against Jews in Israel. They are the racists. They're the ones creating all kinds of inhuman conditions on the southern border. For their own power, they feel. Jen Psaki at the White House briefing today. Listen to this. Cut four, go. I wanted to ask about President Biden's conversation with Rep. Uh, Rashida Tlaib mm-hmm. on the tarmac in Michigan. What was his reaction to what she said, which was reported to be that um, she told him the U.S. can't continue to give the right-wing Netanyahu government billions of dollars to commit crimes against And what makes Netanyahu right-wing? What has he done that's right-wing? None of us are right-wing. Take the language back, damn it. We're not right-wing. When you love freedom and love your country, when you love the greatest constitution mankind has ever developed, when you believe in a colorblind society, equal justice, you're not right-wing. So how exactly is Netanyahu right-wing? And how exactly is Israel apartheid, another bromide from the anti-Semite wing of the Democrat Party and media? So how does she answer the report who's saying, basically, well, what did Biden say to this anti-Semite Marxist when she got in his face? Go ahead. Well, the president uh, spoke uh, about um, how impressed he was by Congresswoman Tlaib uh, at the So event. he's impressed with Tlaib. 
how impressed he is with Talib. Is this not shocking? I think it's shocking to my audience. He's impressed with Talib, who hates America, trashes this country, is a Marxist, is a radical, who supports Hamas, in my view, represents Hamas in Congress. Is this not shocking that he's impressed with Talib? Go ahead. Um, after he had the conversation with her. So I think he spoke to uh, that already. And certainly he understands that there are a range of viewpoints uh, as it relates to uh, You the see, there's a range of viewpoints from anti-Semite to non-anti-Semite. Tell me, is there a range of viewpoints in the Democrat Party from anti-black to pro-black? Is there a range of viewpoints in the Democrat Party from anti-Muslim to pro-Muslim? What kind of sickening mumbo-jumbo is this? So we've now learned something new, ladies and gentlemen. All of America, we've learned something new. You can say any damn thing you want about Jews, and you can say any damn thing you want about white people. Because Jews aren't people, and white people aren't people. Dehumanize them, you got it? Say whatever you want. And you know what? I'll throw in evangelical Christians. Say whatever you want about evangelical Christians, too. Because they're not human either, right? This is where this sick critical race theory, this sick Marxism has taken this country. This is where we are. Inciting an insurrection. What the hell is this? If this is an insurrection, what the hell is it? What is it? Unbelievable. It truly is. Then we have people like Stacey Abrams on MSNBC. See, the media really, uh, the media are the core of the problem. They're the core of the problem. They give a patina of legitimacy and a platform to these vile, poisonous political hacks and their surrogates. Because the media now embraced them. The corporate media support this stuff. Why, you ask? Well, think of their boardrooms. Do you know of any boardroom that's a majority conservative, a majority Republican, outside of maybe 10? Do you know of any? any? Uh, seriously. None. Really. Very few. Oh, look at Murdoch. Okay, let's get beyond Murdoch. Next. Next, name 10. Can you name one company in Silicon Valley? Just one. One company over a billion dollars in revenue gross in the Silicon Valley that has a majority of conservatives or Republicans on their board? Just one? No, you can't, because there aren't any. So Stacey Abrams, who's a denier, she denies she lost the election for governor, She's constantly on MSNBC and CNN. Constantly. She's not banned from Facebook. She's not banned from Twitter, even though she's an election denier. Here's what she says yesterday. Cut nine, go. 
We need the voting rights provisions that are embedded in the For the People Act, as well as the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. No, we don't. Now, this is an attack on the United States Supreme Court. Long before we had the six conservatives on the court. Of course, we don't have six conservatives on the court. Nonetheless, we got to keep repeating that. Before Donald Trump was president, many years before Donald Trump was president, I've explained this, but I have to explain it for the slow listeners. That is, leftists out there, both of them. There was a challenge to the Voting Rights Act, which has been around since 1965. By my calculation, that's over half a century ago. Covering virtually every southern state, but not just southern states. It expanded. The Department of Justice kept expanding. It even included some counties in Pennsylvania, some counties in New England. Hey, and what were they doing? They were overseeing the election rules in these areas. to make sure that they weren't violating the Constitution. So it would be extended, the Voting Rights Act, every few years, just extended, 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 extended. And finally, a few of the areas that were covered, a few of the states said, wait a minute, we're not violating anybody's civil rights. Isn't it time to tell the federal government to get lost? You know... The Democrats don't control our states anymore. We don't have Jim Crow. It's a new era in the South. Supreme Court looks at all the evidence, all the arguments, which came all the way up from district court to a federal panel, to a full federal circuit court, then to the Supreme Court. They looked at it all and they said, you know what, you're right. There really is no reason to continue this. So they, they said no more with respect to that provision of the Voting Rights Act. However, they said, we're going to retain the other provision, which provides that any individual still has a federal cause of action if a state or any entity within a state, a town, a city, a county, what have you, is believed to have violated their civil rights under the federal constitution. So you still have standing, you still have a cause of action. But there is not this state, you know, violation of the Voting Rights Act and of the federal constitution and the right to vote taking place. It doesn't exist anymore. So when you hear Stacey Abrams talk very, very quickly, we need the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. To come up with these names, it's really, uh, it's called propaganda. And if you don't support it, you might be, must be part of the white supremacy movement. You must be part of that. You must be part, shut up, you idiot. Just shut up. And they still can't demonstrate that's going on. But they want Congress to do this anyway. How many of these news organizations that bring on Stacey Abrams, MSNBC, CNN, Russia TV, I guess, I don't know. Why? Why don't they ever explain this? They don't explain it. How come when Donald Trump says the election was stolen, broadcasters are told to shut up, big tech moves into action, bans people, 
But when Stacey Abrams steps in and says these states are stealing elections, obviously, because the, we don't have the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Oh, do tell. Explain. Tell us more. How come she's not persona non grata? How come she's not banned? Well, we know why. I'm just making a rhetorical point. Because the media in America are so corrupt, they make Russia TV look good. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right. Lots to do here, folks. Uh-oh. It's not good to take off from the show. You know that, Mr. Producer? Don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Now and then you have to do things. Family comes first, as, as we know. But bear with me. Let me give you the first 15 books on the Amazon list since I've not been on the radio. Number one, Dr. Seuss. Oh, the places you'll go. And by the way, you know why that's number one now, Mr. Producer? And I'm all for it. It's because it's graduation time. And so a lot of times this Dr. Seuss book is given as a a very friendly sort of joke to people. Number two, Zero Fail, written by a leftist who is a Washington Compost reporter. Now listen to this one. Number three, Stacey Abrams Wrote a fiction, they say, while justice sleeps. Boy, she's. How do you write a book and do all the TV appearances? I, I don't know. She's number three. John Green wrote some book. I don't know who he is. He's number four. Uh oh. Oprah's number five. What happened to you? She wants to know. Number six, a fiction called The Last Thing He Told Me. Obviously, it didn't end well. Number seven, The Four Agreements. Number eight, the body keeps the score. Number nine is some nonfiction. Number ten, the Bindite Library, another nonfiction. Number eleven, Atomic Habits. Number twelve, another fiction. Number thirteen, Selena with Love. We know who that is, right? Selena? Dion. Number 14, American Marxism. Wow. In one day, we dropped the number 14, America? We've got to continue to send a message 
to Amazon. We've got to send a message to the publishing world, to the media world. We need to send a message to the world, period. I would strongly encourage you. You have never heard me talk about any of my books this way, ever. But I so worry about this country. I strongly encourage you. If you're going to pre-order copies of the book, don't wait till July 13th. We want to hit the ground running on July 13th. And not a moment to spare. Please order your copy of American Marxism. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, or any of these sites. I think we can do better than Stacey Abrams. I don't even know if she wrote the book. I'm sure she'll say she did, so far be it for me to question that. What happened to you, uh, Oprah Winfrey, with a co-author? You think she wrote it? Oh, I'm sure she did. So you got a lot of uh, a lot of fakers going on here. But you can be sure when you get one of my books, I wrote it and I researched it. And I read it over and over and over again to make it as perfect as I possibly can for you, Levinites, patriots. This book is different. It's different. It's the longest book I've ever written, as I've told you. In my view, it's the most important book I've ever written. And given the times, we need to spread the word far and wide. And really, only you can do that. This is our Thomas Paine moment. This is our Paul Revere moment. It's now. You can see things beginning to bubble up along our society, but it's not enough. It's not enough. They are devouring our schools. They are devouring our, our politics. They're devouring our economic system. They're dividing this country in ways we never even thought imaginable. On race, on faith, on income. They want to collapse this country. You have the fools in sports and the fools in corporate boardrooms. You have the fools on TV, editors of newspapers. Who are so scared of themselves. But they can beat their chests. Loudly. And tell you how they're down for the revolution. While they're pocketing millions. It's just. It's a disgusting spectacle. So we're going to cut all through all this. You see a little bit here and there on a TV show. Or hear a little bit of it here and there on a radio show. We need to put this all together. And we need to really push back we need to go on offense intellectually organizationally let them stand on their heels Father's Day is coming up even though the book's not out by Father's Day you can certainly let your father your husband or your boyfriend know that this is their gift and this is coming out Amazon has less than 18 bucks right now so spread the word If you're going to get your copies, I want to encourage you to pre-order today or over the weekend. God bless you. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. When you watch... I'm sorry, I have to keep returning to this. 
the video of how these Jews are attacked by these Palestinians. The Palestinians have picked up these same tactics of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Covering their faces, swarming, swarming, outnumbering, attacking by surprise, extremely violent. So I want to say something to Schumer and Pelosi who want this big 9-11 commission. That kind of commission on January for January 6th. Don't you want a commission about this where people are actually brutalizing other people? The Democrats want to spend $1.9 billion on a permanent National Guard just for the District of Columbia presence and protection and to increase their protection. You know, uh, it's interesting that these Jewish communities don't want to defund the cops. They support the cops and they want the cops to get more money so they can be protected. I also happen to know, because I was told about this today, that more and more rabbis, particularly of the Orthodox faith, are arming themselves. This is a frightening situation, folks. It is a frightening situation, what's going on here. That the President of the United States is silent, the Vice President of the United States is silent, the Democrat leader in the Senate, who's Jewish, is very tepid, very passive. The Speaker of the House is silent. Major media are silent. You have Jews being chased down, hunted down in their own country. Chased by cars. Who are these people doing these things? And they have the Palestinian flags on their cars. Isn't it time that the major broadcast companies, TV and radio... And I'm quite serious about this. Started to focus on some of this. All the radio companies. What are they doing? Is it a time the TV companies started to focus on this? What are they doing? I expect nothing from the New York Times, of course. Or the Washington Post. Nothing. Maybe a hit and run. Maybe that's about it. It's wrong to say the left is silent about this. The left is doing this. The left is doing this. One of my favorite people in the world is Pastor John Hagee. He and I become as close as you can be, I think, best buddies. And Our families are very close. An evangelical Christian in San Antonio, Texas. 
than a Jew from Philadelphia. What in the world could we possibly have in common? Really? Almost everything. Almost everything. And there are others in the evangelical community who are fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And this is why the Democrat Party, as an institution, hates them too. Hates them too. This is happening in America for several reasons. This is happening in America for what I said in the first hour. Our immigration system is, you know, George Bush likes to say it's broken. And by that he means we ought to be embracing more and more immigrants in this country. That's not what immigration is about, embracing more and more immigrants. It's embracing a certain kind of immigrant. And again, I don't mean by religion or race. This is how the Democrats think. I mean by heart and soul and mind. That a nation wants people to come into the country who will love the country, who will contribute to the country, who will assimilate into the country. That's not happening. Because the Marxists, again, as I explain in the book, because the Marxists don't want assimilation. They don't even believe in assimilation. Assimilation into what? A white supremacy, supremacist country? It's a strange white supremacist country, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen, that lets all these minorities into it? It's very weird. Because it's a lie. It's a lie what they say about Americans of all faiths and all colors. It's a lie what they say about this country. It's a lie what they say about Israel and the Jews. It's a lie. It's a lie that the Jews have heard for 4,000 years. But when you see the kind of beatdown and the kind of hunting down of Jews, Orthodox Jews, because their clothing and their beards and so forth, they're, they're very obvious by these Palestinians. How do you know they're Palestinians? Because they're carrying the Palestinian flag. So no, they're not Italians. You look at that. And then you hear the silence of the Democrat Party. Silence. Silence. The only ones speaking out are the evangelical Christians, Jews like me, you folks, and the Republicans in Congress. As I sat here, ladies and gentlemen, one of you in the audience sent to us the following. Senator Tom Cotton, I had not, no knowledge of this, and Republican leader Mitch McConnell today announced they are introducing the Preventing Anti-Semitic Hate Crimes Act legislation to combat the dramatic rise of anti-Semitic hate crimes in the United States. Cotton said anti-Semitism has no place in the United States. The Department of Justice must take immediate, decisive action to stop the shocking rise of hate crimes targeting the American Jewish community. Has anybody heard from the Attorney General of the United States? Not a word. Nothing. Has anybody heard from the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice? Not a word. Nothing. Has anybody heard from the left-wing hack 
Democrat Attorney General in New York who's busy chasing Donald Trump? Not a word. How about the Manhattan DA, Cy Vance? That creep. And I'm going to talk about him more next week, trust me. Not a word. Why are they silent? How in the world did every Democrat in the House of Representatives vote against condemning Hamas? Hamas is a terrorist organization, ladies and gentlemen. In this proposed legislation, we have Mitch McConnell says the uptick in hateful anti-Semitic attacks is disgusting and totally unacceptable from anti-Israel efforts like the BDS movement to violent crimes on American streets we must confront anti-Semitism every single place it rears its ugly head our legislation will support state and local law enforcement and ensure the bigoted thugs and criminals who are attacking Jewish Americans face the full force of American justice that's Mitch McConnell so the Republican leader in the, in the Senate and Senator Tom Cotton introduced this legislation. It's not introduced by the Democrat leader who's Jewish and from New York. It's not introduced by him. It's not introduced by Cardin in Maryland, another Jewish senator. In fact, Bernie Sanders introduced legislation to defund the Israeli military. Shocking. Where's the FBI director tonight? Has he put out a statement? I can't find it. Can you, Mr. Producer? So the Attorney General is silent. The director of the FBI is silent. The Attorney General of New York is silent. The District Attorney of Manhattan is silent. The President of the United States is silent. The Vice President of the United States is silent. Wow. How about the Head of Homeland Security? Silent. Not a word. In fact, Joe Biden embraces Talib. He did it directly, and he did it through his spokes idiot. He respects and admires her. He respects and admires her. I despise these people, and I despise the Democrat Party. It's not the Democrat Party of old. People need to understand this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs, with the absolute best consumer service team, based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. 
That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. You know, I was sitting here talking to Mr. Producer. I'm convinced that a lot of this we're seeing, these are Antifa members. Obviously, I can't prove it, but using the same tactics as Antifa. I'm starting to think people that are brought or allowed into this country, whether they're part of gang movements or they're part of ethnic movements or whatever they are, are making up some percentage of the Antifa movement and the Black Lives Movement. I believe this. What I saw in those videos, the way these Jews were being chased in cars and so forth, and the tactics that were being used by the Palestinians carrying their flags by swarming individuals so they're overwhelmed and using brutal attack techniques against them. Uh, How do they all know to show up at the same time? How do they all know to use Antifa-like tactics? Well, Mark, just by watching, I don't believe that. And I believe the people that conduct themselves this way hate this country too. In the mold of uh, Omar and Talib and AOC, etc., etc. That's what I believe. Remember David Berlinski? This man is one of the smartest men I've ever talked to in my life, and that's saying something. And he's a writer and an intellectual. He lives in Paris. He's an American. Why he lives there, I have no idea. I haven't heard from this man in several years. He sends me an email. And he says, Mark, you really need to read Nicholas Ward's piece about the coronavirus and its beginnings. Well, the damn thing's like 50 pages long. So I read it. I said, wow, people are talking about this, but people are not as deeply into it as is Nicholas Ward. And then I said, who the hell is Nicholas Ward? Well, he used to write for the New York Times, so I figure he's some kind of lib. He's not. He's just a straight shooter. He's about 80. He's retired pretty much. He decided a year ago, I'm going to look into this. Nobody else seems to want to look into this. And so he doesn't just regurgitate things that have been said. He digs and he digs and he digs. And he finds a lot of very important information. And he cannot conclude with certainty that it came from a lab, but he's pretty close. And when it comes to the, the animal-to-human theory, he says there's absolutely not a syllable of evidence to defend that. So a science writer, his, his entire, almost his entire career. Nicholas Ward will be my guest this Sunday for the full hour on Life, Liberty, and Live In. And trust me, you're not going to want to miss this. 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can always DVR it if there's some conflict going on. But I would strongly encourage you to watch this. Because I think your jaw is going to hit the ground. I really do. Because mine did. His name is Nicholas Ward. And you'll see how I ask questions and draw information out of them, too. I I do this interview a little differently. So I think you really want to check it out. It's a big-time full hour. 
We see others now doing, well, I'm going to do a long-form interview show, you know, where I can actually sit down with somebody, talk about things out of the, how actually I've been doing that now. What am I doing it now? Five years, Mr. Medusa? <laughs> if you could support your overall cognitive health with a convenient, delicious daily chew, why wouldn't you? I really want you to listen to this. I take Super Beats memory and focus chews. Memory and focus chews. Now, what are they? Research has shown that by promoting blood flow, you can support cardiovascular and cognitive health. Combining clinically studied ingredients unique to this product, Superbeats Memory and Focus promotes brain food flow, brain, excuse me, brain blood flow, supports memory, alertness, and helps support reduced perceptions of mental fatigue. Like other Superbeats products, Superbeats Memory and Focus was crafted under the careful guidance of scientists and features clinically studied key ingredients. It's the only cognitive chew of its kind. Support your brain health and cognitive performance with Superbeats Memory and Focus. Take advantage of this limited time offer today. Ready? Get a free 30-day supply of new Superbeats Memory and Focus with your purchase of Superbeats Heart Chews at levinsbeats.com, L-E-V-I-N-S-B-E-E-T-S.com, levinsbeats.com. That's levins, plural, beats, plural, dot com, all one word. You want to check it out, in my humble opinion. Well, Mr. Producer, it's time to take a call as we're closing our second hour, but we have a third, so don't leave us yet. Who do you recommend? On the Mark Levin app, Jeff in New Jersey. How are you, sir? I am great, Mark. I've been waiting to talk to you. I talked to you 25 years ago before I got into medical school. So I'm calling to congratulate you on your stepdaughter's medical school graduation. Thank you. That's number one. Number two, I've ordered over 50 copies of your book so far. Whoa. Myself. Thank I'm you. I'm doing what I can to further the, further the cause. My goal is 500 plus. I am planning on giving these to new patients. This this country is on the precipice, and it's time for the silent majority to do its thing. We are never out of the fight. I got your back, Mark. I promise you. I could talk about Fauci. I worked with him when I was down at the National Institutes of Health Research Scholar Program. I have stories for you you would not believe. But for now, I can assure you, I have your back. You're a good man, Jeff. Thank you. Folks, if you just get one, that that's that's important. But fifty, that's Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Let me give you a little bit of inside baseball. When I do my Sunday show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, there are occasions I have surgery, I have family matters, I have other events. 
where I'll tape it like on a Wednesday. Maybe a Thursday. That occasion was this past week. And so, the problem is when I do that, then everybody, how can I put this? Everybody knows what the subject of my Sunday show is going to be. Do you understand what I'm saying, Mr. Producer? That is, everybody on my network knows what the Sunday show is going to be. So what happens and what starts that, it's a weird thing with radio too, is the topic is then cannibalized. So everybody tries to do the topic, or a lot of hosts do, for Thursday or Friday or whatever. So by the time Sunday rolls around, it's as if Mark is picking up on Sunday. You know me well enough. I do these subjects. I interview these individuals. I don't get involved in what anybody else is doing. But this ratings game, I don't worry about the ratings game either. I thank you for everything you do, which is greatly appreciated. But as Popeye said, I am who I am. I am who I am. And so this particular interview, digging into the, the source of the coronavirus, is a spectacular interview, not because of me, but because of the guest. And already your friend of mine says, you see what they say in Wikipedia? I mean, you know, people throw stones at us all the time. Put one of your stones down just for a minute. In any event, I just want you to know that this is a fresh show. It's a brand new show. It's an intellectually objective show. And... um, I don't do a show five nights a week, five times a day. I, I, I can't, and I don't because I have other things to do. I do my Sunday show. But this particular show, because of the, uh, the, the, the earlier taping of it, that means pretty much everyone in the business that I work with in, my, in that building knows what I'm doing. I'm just pointing that out to you. So I don't want you to think, oh, I already saw this. You haven't seen it. And there are things that are said that are really phenomenal. This particular article that Nicholas Wade wrote two weeks ago is the article that everybody is using to project off of, to bring guests in about, and so forth. And I asked him, and you'll see, I said, how long did it take? He said, I did a year's worth of research. Some of the information will be familiar to Rand Paul used some of the information in questioning Fauci that was in the article. And so we go through this step by step. It'll be the most understandable discussion of this virus and where this virus came from. I believe that you've heard yet, no matter and regardless of all the others. So it's very, very important, I think. And you'll be the judge. When it's over, you'll tell me. You'll be the judge. 8 p.m. Eastern, this Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin. As I say, you can always DVR it if you're doing something else. Now let's continue. Can anybody tell me why Don Lemon is on TV? Is he intelligent? No, he's stupid. Does he have some great journalistic background? No, he has a very limited journalistic background. Has he ever said anything profound? No, he has said things that are absolutely moronic. So why is he there? Because Jeff Motherzucker knows that Don Lemon 
is a good soldier in the war against America. And the things that come out of Don Lemon's mouth underscore the point. Listen to this from CNN today, Don Lemon. Cut 11, go. The only party now that is operating in reality is the Democratic Party. The Republican Party is obsolete. The Republican Party is not dealing and living in reality. So you cannot negotiate with a party that doesn't operate on logic. And so I don't know what the answer is when it comes to the Republican Party. I think at this point, it needs to be restructured. And perhaps Americans who want this country to be a country that is sane and rational rational and equitable and equal, that perhaps they need to challenge the Republican Party more. But I don't think the Republican Party at this point is, um, I I, I don't think that, that they can be changed. I really don't. I think that they, it, it has gone way too far, and it's, it's, it's just sad to see. I'm not, listen, again, I'm not a political person. I'm a person who lives in reality. I'm a journalist. I can see and I can hear. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy is among really a gaggle of modern-day journalists who've destroyed their profession. He says all this, and then he says, look, I'm not a political person. I'm a journalist. And that the Democrat Party is obviously the sane, equitable, rational party, unlike the Republican Party. There's a lot you can say about the Republican Party. But the Democrat Party is the party that's literally endangering this nation. Go ahead. I can think, and there is no reason to believe that the Republicans are going to start playing fairly and are going to start operating as a party of sanity. But what does that even mean? So this fool knows that the Democrat Party is a tyrannical party. He knows what the Democrat Party is doing to this country. And again, this is why I have a whole section on the book. That includes the media. Now, I've written an entire book on the media, so I'm not going to regurgitate what I wrote in that book in this book. Some touch, but that's it. But to then say that the media in this country isn't part of the American Marxist movement would be ridiculous, would it not? The man just laid it out. And to define Marxism so narrowly as not to include all the movements that it has spawned here in America, including those that have been spawned by actual Marxists, like critical race theory and others, and I'll get in with you uh, when the book comes out, is absurd. It's all laid out. It's just it took somebody to pull it together. So Don Lemon, here he is. Get rid of the Republican Party. No, no, it's gotten rid of itself. No, it hasn't. It almost won the last House, uh, took the House, and almost uh, held on to the Senate. But you see, the Democrat Party is the only rational party. Now, he doesn't condemn Omar. He doesn't condemn Tlaib. And not just on the anti-Semitic stuff, on the insane Marxist stuff. Not a word. But he's a journalist, and that's the problem. By today's standards, he's a journalist. He is. And he's not the only one. You have another journalist that follows him, Chris Cuomo. Who's basically a mouthpiece for his political brother. Two morons. 
One holds high office, another one is a journalist. This guy violates journalistic ethics, left and right. But there he is, he's still there. Nobody watches him, but he's still there. And as I said, prosecutors can subpoena and and certainly can uh, depose him. Because he has no, uh, no privileges whatsoever about what he told his brother or his brother told him. Let's see how serious they are. Because they don't seem that serious, to be honest with you. We'll see how serious they are. But here's Don Lemon basically saying yes. Look at me. Look at my profession. Now what you'll also see in American Marxism is the fact that people like Lemon and the others, the professors and so forth, they do hail back to John Dewey, who we've talked about and I've written about before. Not the Dewey Decimal System, John Dewey. John Dewey had a major, major impact on public education and journalism. And he was a huge fan of Stalin's. In 1928, he goes to, to Russia, and he goes there to observe how they're teaching their students. And the way they're teaching their students, I mean, it's 11 years after the Russian Revolution, so it's been a while, is indoctrination for the state, for the Communist Party, for the, the policies of the Communist Party in the state, and their great Joseph Stalin. And he comes back from this, having observed this. And he writes, and he insists, and he argues that the American educational system needs to be more like that. Unity. We need to pull together. We need to, we need to row in the same direction. He likes what he sees, and he writes about it in the New Republic. And we have journalists today, professors like Jay Rosen in New York. And he's not the only one, you'll see. Who said they admire John Dewey? You admire John Dewey for what? They admire John Dewey. And he's not the only one, are you, Jay? Jay doesn't like me very much. The feelings mutual, and I don't even know the man. Just think of all the all the students whose careers he's molded. And the industry that he's turned into crap. But that's just my opinion. So um, this is important what Don Lemon said here. Somebody might play and say, see, wait a minute. No, no, it's deeper. It's a confession. Don Lemon is too stupid to realize it, but it's a confession. And when they point to John Dewey, it's a confession. That this is part of it. And if we had... I said to my wife earlier today, if we had a media that was even 50-50, where we get a 50% shake, country would be completely different. And I really believe this. They're involved in repression. They're involved in sabotage. They're involved in activism. And you'll see how I link all that to the rest of what's taking place in this country. American Marxism. I'll be right back.
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. By now you've heard about this uh, reprobate, the mayor of Chicago. Um, And what a racist she is. I'm telling you, the Democrat Party is the racist party. Sports are racist now. They're pushing segregation. They're pushing sort of a Farrakhanian, if you will, nationalism. Then they dress it up. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who's a real lightweight, on WGN-TV yesterday, cut 14, go. Your office says that you invited black and brown journalists to, to this round of interview. Uh, why? I, I'm happy to vouch for Craig Wall, for Heather Sharon, and others. Well, look, I, I think in this one day, when we are uh, looking at uh, the two-year anniversary of my inauguration. Well, first of all, nobody's looking at the two-year anniversary of your inauguration. Go ahead. Um, as a, a lesbian, it's important to me that diversity is So she's part- a woman of color and a lesbian. Now, what you'll also see is they call this intersectionality, as I discuss in the book. Intersectionality. So this is how she views herself through her genitalia and her skin. Now, she wants to be judged on how brilliant she is, but she also wants to be judged based on her sexual preferences and her skin color. Well, what is it? What, what are we supposed to do here? Seriously. Are we not thinking human beings? So it's the two-year anniversary of her inauguration as a woman of color and as a lesbian. And I'm sure that people are Chicago, uh, of Chicago are cheering with the way the schools have been handled, with the slaughter going on in the streets. Oh, well, don't worry about it. She's a woman of color and a lesbian. Oh, okay, that fixes it. But apparently that's how she wants to be judged. Otherwise, again, who cares? Who cares? Just be a good mayor. She's incapable of being a good mayor. She's a whack job. Go ahead. Mayor Lori Lightfoot defending her most unusual decision to only invite black and brown journalists to her office for one-on-one interviews. The move infuriated the mostly white City Hall press corps. The outrage exploded on Twitter. One Latino newspaper reporter wrote, he agreed to the sit-down but backed out to make a point. 
If I, as the black woman mayor, the first ever, don't challenge us, the collective us, to do better, um, to really... You're not, you're not challenging anybody to do better. So that means, I guess, what's fair is fair. That means if you're a white mayor, you only have white reporters? Is that how that works? Or if you're covering uh, basketball, for the most part, you only have... Black announcers and commentators? How about the fans? Can they be white too? This is the insanity. This is the insanity. You're not judged as a human being. You're not judged and you're not down for the revolution. No, no, no. You're not judged as a human being. This is segregation. This is racism. And apparently it's in now. Go ahead. Sure that in every institution it reflects the diversity and nuance and texture of our city, then shame on me. Hmm. I have no idea what the hell she's talking about there. But this is how you, you get the Democrat Party base all worked up. You see, you don't focus on the deaths that are taking place or the lack of schools and all that. No, no, no. You bring up race. And... Bring up your, uh, your, your sexual preference. So everybody's talking about that. Cut 15, go. It's way past time for the City Hall Press Corps and the people that do the hiring and make the decisions to get the memo. We are in a time where we're having a powerful and important conversation. Oh, get the memo. I see. You need to get the memo from her. She'll tell you what to do. Go ahead. On systemic racism in every institution. And the press and the media... Okay, systemic racism. So can there be systemic racism in the Democrat Party? Can there be systemic racism in the black community? Or is it just the white community and Republicans? I want to understand this. Can there be systemic racism in all races, in all political parties? No, no, no. Just whites in the Republican Party? Isn't that convenient? Sure it is. That we're all down for the revolution. Go ahead. Exempt from that conversation. So the press and the media can't be exempt from the conversation. Well, the press and the media are the same thing. I thought I would alert her to that fact. And you're not talking about a conversation. You're talking about an edict. And this is the kind of low-life kind of behavior and talk that you hear from dictators and bigots. Systemic racism. You shouldn't be exempt from the conversation. What conversation? There is no conversation. So anything that's white majority should only have white reporters or white whatever? Is that how this works? I'll be back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. By the way, the uh, mayor of Washington, D.C. agrees with the mayor of Chicago. Imagine that. So their position is, if you are black or if you are brown, then the only journalists who should cover you should be black or brown. What do you think about that, America? So if you have a white president and the majority of the country is white, should the white president only allow questions from white journalists? No, no, no. You don't understand, Mark. What's that? What don't I understand? Racism? I really don't understand it. I really don't. And yet it seems to be on the mind of every Democrat I ever meet. You're seeing the spread of racism dressed up as something else in sports, at ESPN, at the New York Times and the Washington Post. You're seeing it at certain cable TV channels. You're seeing it at the New York Times. In our classrooms, in our colleges, and we're paying for all this, either voluntarily or or not voluntarily. I mean, we're paying for sports. We're paying for cable uh, so sports makes a fortune. Well, us and the communist Chinese, of course. We're paying for our public schools. We're paying for our colleges and universities. We're paying for all this crap. Reverse racism is racism. And you know what's interesting? You don't hear from minorities who reject all this stuff. Every now and then, one will show up a school board member, a school board meeting or so forth, and we'll talk to them, or we'll have their audio or TV on cable, they'll talk to them and so forth. But I guarantee it, there are so many people who feel as we do, that is, the vast majority of the people, regardless of race or background and so forth, so many people. And yet, it is stereotyped as white. As white. And yet, they're African Americans, they're Hispanics, they're Asian, name it. Who find all of this sickening. Absolutely sickening. Because they love their country. And they don't want to tear it apart. That's why. Roy, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Roy, go right ahead, please. 
Yes, sir. Congratulations and warmest wishes on your new doctor and your family. Thank you. She's great. Yes, sir. Thank you. Her name's Jenna, right? Correct. Yes, sir. See, I do pay attention to whenever <laughs> you talk. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, we got a seller dog, Joe, in that White House, and mm-hmm. Tokyo Rose is his uh, press spokesperson. That's a good point. And, uh, yes, sir. She is a Tokyo Rose. She's a propagandist. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. But, you know, I question what happened in New York this morning to those citizens and the people in the Jewish community being attacked like they were. We are supposed to have in the United States, after 911, these heightened alerts. Where was this heightened alert? We are, you know, we've been expecting acts of terrorism by these rowdy groups that have come into our country. And then you got that Islamic mosque in the heart of New York. But I don't want to paint with a broad brush. I don't want to paint with a broad brush. I don't have enough information on that or many of these other sites. What I'm saying is what I saw and what you see in the videos that took place with these guys carrying their Palestinian flags and dressed like Antifa and swarming the Jews, and in one case hunting down a Jew in a parking lot, underground parking lot, where cars are following him, chasing him, It makes you sick to your stomach. Sick to your stomach. Those Jews didn't do anything to those Palestinians. Nothing. Nothing. And this is why you see a rise on anti-Semitism in this country, according to the FBI. 60% of all religious hate crime is done against the Jews. Well, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? Why is it happening? Why doesn't anybody ask? Why don't they put out information about that? Because I know where it's coming from. It's obvious where it's coming from. All right, sir, thank you for your call. We all know where it's coming from. Florence, Seattle, Washington, the great KTTH. How are you, Florence? Oh, uh, now that I'm speaking with you, Dr. Levin, Mark. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm doing very well at this moment. And I cannot tell you, words cannot describe how excited I am about your forthcoming book in July. Thank you. I, I truly, I, I'm 80 this year. Wow. And You sound like, I, honest to God, you sound like you're 32 years old. Well, I feel like I'm a lot younger. I yeah. act and feel younger. I definitely look older. <laughs> so, yeah. so bottom line is I want to spend the rest of my life as I have spent much of my life up to this point, educating about Marxism. And this may sound, um, I don't know, may, not, may sound disingenuous. It is not. I have been praying for decades for somebody to focus on exactly the title of your book. It's a brilliant title. It's a comprehensive title, and you've done it. You And I suspect there will be a second volume. Because it's an evolutionary thing. You are brilliant. Because, because, actually, if I had written everything that I needed to write, the book would be six, seven hundred pages long and nobody would read it. I don't want to write a book that nobody will read. So this, this may well be volume one with a volume two coming. We'll see. I suspect. And what, I'm, what I am concerned about for all conservative broadcasters and broadcasts, 
They've got to stop. And what I'm doing is I get a lot of literature from a lot of places, and I skim over it. And if they don't mention Marxism, if they just say liberal, left, socialist, um, democratic socialist, you know, ad nauseum. It's just not adequate. It's not adequate anymore. And it's not. And during the World War II years, especially, did we have people refusing to identify what was going on in Germany and other Yes, we had the New York Times, but other than that, you're right. Other than the New York Times, it was generally acknowledged they were Nazis. So we've got to have that label established and stamped on. And if folks don't want to do it, you know, conservatives... I I think they do. I don't think... Many conservatives on TV or radio are going to want to do it. But uh, for those who are, are serious about this, you'll see how I explain that this is the Americanization of Marxism. And so uh, how it is used, how the phraseology is used, and how the exploitation is used. Um, and that's what we're facing. This isn't liberalism. This is Liberalism is, you know, I want to make a little change here, reform this here, do that. It has nothing to do with it. Systemic racism, brainwashing our children, open borders. You go on and on and on. This is an attack on the country. But anyway, Florence, I want to thank you and God bless you, my friend, as we continue to move on. Sylvia! Oh, I got to take a break. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Sylvia, Concord, California, the great KSFO. How are you, Sylvia? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you. So, okay, so um, I live outside, about 25 miles outside of San Francisco uh, in a little town called Pleasant Hill. And I want to say... I know where that is. Trump running for president. Yeah. Oh, you do? Walnut Creek. Yeah, I know where that is. Uh Uh-huh. Where... uh, that Stefan lives, Curry. He lives oh, he in lives Walnut in Walnut Creek. Creek? Okay, well, <laughs> he must have it tough. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, prior to Trump um, running for president, I, president for the first time, I was not interested in politics at all. And since then, 
That's all I do is listen to conservative talk radio. I mean, it got my wheels turning. Him mm-hmm. and um, my sister's been a Levinite for many years, and I used to think, who are you listening to? But now, <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. Thank her. All I do is listen to talk radio. I will. I will. But um, so I, I listen to your podcast um, mm-hmm. uh, while I'm riding down the country so my wife. canal trail, riding my bicycle. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah oh, she okay. listens to the podcast. She's a runner. Uh, we got 30 yeah, seconds. I, uh, I put it, okay, I put it as loud as I can, and hoping that my Democratic dumb-butt neighbors <laughs> could listen to some common sense. And I want to say that I'm on my way to becoming an activist, and that's because of you. You are my mentor. Wonderful. And um And I, I have... Um, I recently joined a group, a patriotic group, on that congregates over the freeway overpasses out here every Monday and Wednesday and Friday. So you're not the group that sleeps under the freeway. You congregate over the freeway. That's a lot better. Yes, with patriotic messages like, I'm looking at the sign right now, your free speech matters. Can I tell you something? When I drive, and I want to thank you, Sylvia, you're an inspiration. You really are. I want to thank you. And when I drive under some of the, the bridges around here and I see an American flag there, I know it is one of you great patriots that put it there. And we thank you. And thank you, Sylvia.
Don't forget, folks, Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you can't watch it live, please DVR it. Very, very important show. I think you'll agree once you see it. And please, if you can head over to Amazon.com or one of the other sites and pre-order your copies of American Marxism, that would be wonderful. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi and my little Barney. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. And good night, Leo. God bless you, America. America.